Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of The Student Perspective. In this episode, we're not looking at what we were taught or how or what we studied, but rather how we were taught and how we studied. We're going to be looking at the teaching formats. So there's three of them, which Israel will give you an overview of. And we're going to go into depth on them. We're going to be looking at our tips for them, how we think you should take notes and what our opinions are of them. And then generally just the general workload of being a first year law student at the University of Bristol. So let's get straight into things. Israel, what are those three main teaching formats you're looking to expect going to university? So in your first year of law at the University of Bristol, what you typically expect are lectures, tutorials and um, seminars. Lectures are essentially that typical university style studying method yeah. of um, big open formats, lots of students in a lecture hall, one speaker, usually with a, a presentation and you basically just take notes. A uh, tutorial is much smaller than that, six to eight students. That's more of like a sort of um, like a close-knit group, like an intimate classroom setting uh, with a tutor, like a personal tutor really for that subject that yeah. you have throughout the year. And that gives you the opportunity for debate, discussion, things like that. Uh, seminars are essentially just larger versions of tutorials. You've got about 20 to 30 students with one uh, tutor and that follows more of like a classroom style uh, presentation with slides and opportunity for group activities and uh, class discussions as a whole but yeah if you want to go into uh, timetabling in general and maybe yeah yeah more specifics of lectures all right so like Israel mentioned and I've mentioned this is somewhat specific to the University of Bristol first year law students however because we're going to be discussing things like tutorials lectures and seminars it's highly highly likely this applies to unis across the country and other places as well and also all different courses because it's very likely they will all have tutorials or seminars. So having our opinion on them and what we think works and general note-taking note tips can be useful. And just to gauge what the teacher formats actually consist of. If you haven't been to uni, this is your chance to actually know something about it. So yeah. starting things off, Bristol-specific and law-specific, you're looking to have about six to seven lectures a week. And this is quite nice considering our friends and our flatmates who are mostly engineering students they'd have like days full of like long lectures throughout the day, whereas ours yeah. seven to eight a week, one hour long and never back to back, which was always quite nice. Yeah, there'd always be at least an day. hour gap. Yeah, exactly. Which sometimes can be a bit annoying. You might have to go back home then come back in, but generally you get a break and that's quite nice to have that. And also it's never too intense. And when I say it's an hour long, that's an overstatement anyway because it doesn't start for at least five minutes and it ends like five to ten minutes early as well. It's because the lecturers appreciate that students may be coming from further from the campus where they just had a tutorial and equally they might have to leave a bit sooner to get to a tutorial that's across campus again. So overall tutorials are quite, quantity and duration wise, they're quite nice. Yeah, I feel like one of the things about just on, on how long lectures are, even though they're more 50 minutes long, I feel like you do cover a lot in those lectures and you do end yeah. those lectures off quite tired. It's not like you hear the word 15 minutes and you think it's even shorter than a, a typical lesson at like high school. But mm -hmm. you do cover a lot and there's a lot of writing and keeping up and understanding that is involved. So um, I wouldn't be put off by hearing 15 minutes or anything like that. That is, I think, we, like we cover more than enough in each lecture, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, and because they have quite a lot of to go through and is well it's a lecture it's very presentational and you have to make your notes you have to keep up you have to understand what's going on and that's something we're going to go on to discuss actually is what the best note-taking method is but just before that i think we, we, we should discuss 9am lectures and how much of a myth they truly are yeah i feel like 
we we started off um, at at university thinking that we were going to go to all our nine AMs and we'd be there for like every single lesson. But I feel like the general trend that for for both of us at least, and I feel like for most of the year was that the further along the year you went, the fewer people went to nine AMs, especially if they were like certain days we would only have a nine AM. Um, obviously our timetables did change in Christmas; they did flip around, but sometimes it we felt like a big thing that came into the situation or the equation really was replay and I'm sure you can go into a bit more yeah. detail about that. So as is mentioned replay, replay basically is where our lectures will get recorded. So luckily our lectures would be recorded and what that means is you'd have the lecturer's mic recorded so you'd be able to hear what they were saying most of the time and the PowerPoint slides were recorded and while they were going through it that would record. So screen recording and mic sometimes the mic recording would be kind of bad and kind of yeah. like crackly and just awful but the majority of the time they're completely like you can hear them and you can make out they're saying and it's easy to just listen and get it done and i think yeah like you said that really made 9ams a, a real real myth we started off going to them but as we started to use replay more and we started to realize it's recorded and anyway, we'd have to wake up early to make our way to the lecture theater we just started going less and i think that wasn't just for 9ams that was for all lectures we started off the year going to nearly all our lectures, but that slowly, slowly just drops off. And by the end of it, like I remember after Christmas, I was talking to someone, like in Christmas, I was talking to my friends and family. I'm like, yeah, I just, I just don't go to lectures anymore. And that's not because I don't find them useful. It's more because I, I do find them useful, but I find them useful in my way. And my way of finding them useful is sitting at home, maybe type, like writing the notes out rather than sitting in a lecture theater trying to play catch up with the lecturer mm. who's maybe two slides ahead of what I'm on. Yeah, I feel like it was one of the downsides of us starting off university. I think for both of us, we wanted to take handwritten notes because that's mm. the style we were used to um, yeah, throughout yeah, high yeah. school and A-levels and stuff like that. And I feel like one of the downsides of that is if you weren't prepared for uh, the lecture beforehand, and oftentimes lecturers would only release the slides the day of the lecture, and if it was a 9 a.m., that give, gives you very little time to prepare in terms of having it printed out or stuff like that. You would essentially have to be copying down what was on the presentation as well as anything extra that they would say. And yeah. that meant that it was near impossible really sometimes to keep up. Every time we caught up with a lecturer, they would go off on a tangent or they would go into in-depth explaining something and we'd be falling behind. So I feel like that brings in that whole and element of how prepared you need to be for each lecture with uh, note-taking and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's like, so as you mentioned, we started off with handwritten notes because that's just what we'd always been used to. And I like that you mentioned the whole preparation thing because... I think lectures aren't just this thing in isolation where let me wake up, let me just go to a lecture, I'm done with it. Like, I think it does, which we slowly did begin to realise, you can't just go with a pen and pad and sit there and just make your notes. You can, but you need to be really on the ball with what you want to actually write. You want to focus not on what's on the PowerPoint because they can email you that, or it's on Blackboard where it's all the lectures and resources are, but you want to write down what they're saying. So it's easier to just, prior to the lecture, print out the lecture slides and maybe annotate them or maybe just taking your laptop and just type on that which is what we actually eventually did if we were going to a lecture we slowly realized that handwritten notes just slowed us down and we struggled to maybe put down a thing on the like powerpoint if they had a long quote or if they had a specific case or if they had some specific information it would be hard to kind of get that down even though we had the powerpoint it'd still be hard to get that down and then annotate what they were saying and add what they were saying and while you're playing catch up, there may be a couple of slides ahead. And you just, it's not as effective as it should be. And it's not a great way to study or learn. 
So if you're going to go to a lecture, I think the best kind of thing to do is just if you're writing notes with your hand, write what they're saying because you know you have the PowerPoint at home or taking your laptop, have the PowerPoint in front of you and just use PowerPoint to annotate that. Or what we actually did, which I actually think was really useful for us. We, I, I personally don't like making notes on a PowerPoint. I'm quite like I like my notes and formatting to be a specific way. So I would actually what you can do on PowerPoint is you can print it to a PDF as a note file, as an outline noted file. And then I put that to Word and I'd make my notes on there. So it's always like to my format. And I think you eventually started doing that as well, right? Yeah, it's, it's the whole element of exporting it um, as a file that then you can copy and paste into a Word document and then manipulate into the style and format that you want. And, and one of the big pluses about that, that I'm sure you'll get into, yeah. is you can find information so much easier when you're revising. Rather yeah, than having yeah, to yeah. sift through pages of... Uh, lecture notes you can find the keyword that you want just by pressing like control f yeah that way you can fine-tune your revision is way more efficient 100 percent. but we'll mention that later on with the tutorials but it's good you mentioned that now so actually if you want to see a video maybe of my of, i'll show you on my laptop how i actually done that so i'll get a lecture out and i'll show you the outline and everything leave a comment down below and i'll be sure to do that so you guys can understand exactly how that happens because i found that very useful and i know you did as well but just to wrap up lectures as a whole, I think the general opinion from us two is use the first couple of weeks or even the first month to test out different methods. Go to a lecture with a paper and a pencil, like paper and like a pen and pad and write down what the lecture is saying and try and keep up. If that works for you, then try and continue that. If you really struggle with that, take in your laptop, get the PowerPoint out, maybe make the notes on the PowerPoint, maybe make notes on the PowerPoint. If that doesn't work, maybe print out the PowerPoint as an outline and annotate that. That can be quite annoying for printing and ink. But if that works for you, then maybe that's something you just have to do. If that, if none of that works for you, then maybe if your uni does record the lectures, maybe you are one of those students that just wants to not go to lectures, mm. watches the recordings and just puts it on a pen and pad at home, which gives you your own time to do it. You can pause, speed it up. And actually, as I'm mentioning all of this, I just realized this might not be that useful solely because next year lectures are all online. Yeah, I feel like, but it is something good to keep in mind. And I feel like you raise an excellent point just about using the start of university as a test different ways out. You've got usually an introduction unit for, I'm, I, I'm sure for any subject that you're doing, or even if you don't, no university is going to throw you into the deep end with heavy content lectures. You're going to get yeah. used in some introductory lectures, things like that. Use those as an opportunity for testing out different note-taking methods uh, for yeah. lectures because you can afford because the content won't be as heavy so you won't be needing to write as often and most of the time the spaces in between lectures like between individual lectures might be long enough that if you miss out something you can always go back and look at the slides and things like that but again take advantage of the opportunity that you have because further along the line when you've got content to revise for exams and need to build up a good um like level of knowledge based off what the notes you take you can't afford to be slacking behind and missing out important slides that you have to catch up on especially when they might drop a little tip on exams because those are like the big yeah. things about lecturers like yeah you can read lots of information in textbooks but a lecturer will put importance on what is more important for the exam specific to your course and your uni and they might drop a tip about how to answer them and how to approach them and a lot of the times i feel like lecturers when they would discuss something and they knew it was somewhat important. They were like, make sure to get an opinion on it. And they kind of em emphasize on the fact that this is important. 
think about your opinion on it so that when it comes to an mm. essay question it's likely to crop up and you already have some sort of like this is where i sail standing here's how i would approach it but yeah like we yeah. both put importance on really experiment with note-taking methods and even though it would be online next year i'm assuming for most if not all unis try the different things we're saying try and format the notes beforehand and make the notes on a word document with your formatted powerpoint notes or try and use a paper and pencil because you're still like, gonna have to keep up with that one hour or two hour time frame so experiment with the different methods and see what genuinely works but i think that wraps us up on lectures overall yeah that's good so then let's just move on let's just move on <laughs> let's just move on to tutorials my favorite teaching format yeah tutorials are they follow that sort of socratic teaching method of yeah that debate um, yeah like one expert or one um leader of knowledge almost who's a tutor who's who are usually also lecturers and they basically allow for students to go away and do research and work and answer questions off of the lectures that they've already had usually for us our lectures would supersede our tutorials or in terms of topics and then what would happen is we would come in discuss the questions discuss the content and in that way we get more of a broader understanding of the topic as a, as a whole and i'm sure you can yeah. go into just how we cultivate that through answering questions through the different tutors that we have that might bring out the best in um in the different ideas that we have yeah so i'm just gonna say the preparation for a tutorial really quickly and that consists of like all a level exams and gcc exams there's a syllabus and you can use that to know what you have to study similarly for university there's usually a unit guide so each of our units would have a unit guide if you want to know what the units were check out the previous episode but you'd have a unit guide and for each unit they'd have a tutorial list and in that tutorial it would tell you what you should read what the general focus of the tutorial is, tutorial is you'd have further reading and extra reading and you'd have general questions that you want to answer for the tutorial so you'd have to do your reading which is usually consists of textbook maybe an article or two and then some cases and then you'd have questions to answer and then when you go to a tutorial you would discuss those questions or discuss the reading and discuss that topic overall um i think let's i think we should just mention about how we approach the reading because obviously there's a big thing with law that people would think straight away is that oh lawyers are people that just sit in libraries and read all day and yes there is a lot of reading i'm not gonna um <laughs> sugarcoat not, it yeah i'm not gonna sugarcoat that there is a lot of reading but it just you need to know how to approach it and as you slowly get better at that it does just become a bit easier and luckily if you've just had a lecture that you've actually paid attention to and learned from on a specific topic and then you're going to do the reading on it it'll just come easier to you because you've already read it you already know it i mean you've already had lecture on it you already know it so you can somewhat skim it and just re or solidify your learning but personally what i would do for textbook reading is i made notes and i know you did and although that's a slower form of learning i think it's just how we've always learned and it's just our best way to extract textbook information which is very wordy and very um, convoluted mm. into our note format that's easy and now i'm going to mention what you said it's just easier to find information if i've got it on a word document i can just control f find that specific thing i'm looking for rather than scrolling through the pages of a textbook like oh no where, where did i see this thing or what's this about i can just control f it find what i need it's so much easier for revision and then that equally applies to when I'm in a tutorial. If the tutor brings something up, let's say he mentions something specific, I can quickly control F and see my notes and be like, oh, this is what he, this is where he is at, this is what you're talking about, and I can share my information. Yeah. Rather than, oh no, what page was that on? Oh no, wait, what's he talking about? Mm. Just control F it and I got it there, my notes, my formatting done, easy. Yeah, absolutely, because it's sort of that, it's 
the modern day version of having like a textbook index and looking through the index to find yeah. the pages that it's on. But rather than looking through the analogy. entire page, you now have the opportunity to find the exact line that it is in a Word document. And only yeah. one Word document that's, if you've organized it properly, is in a folder which is a, which organized based on a unit and stuff like that. That provides just way more efficient. And if you're someone that isn't a fan of studying in the sense that you procrastinate a lot or you might find that you it's difficult for you to sit down and study or if you have like a massive text in front of you like a case like a judgment you've got to read like 150 pages and you think you don't know where to start doing something like that where you prepare in a way that you spend the least amount of time looking for things and wasting time and that gives you the opportunity to go on to procrastinate this is a way where you can limit that by making it more efficient by providing yourself less opportunity to um to basically stop studying in a way or, or to like take a break this is a way to just get it done in the most efficient way. And I suppose that's a, it's, it's important to do that just because at the start, you might find that the tutorial work is slightly easier. You've only got a few cases. They're a lot more interesting. Um, or they're not as complicated or the questions that you have for the tutorials as part of like the, the reading list and the, uh, and the prep work isn't too difficult. But the further along you get and the more experience and the more learning you do, the more is expected of you in those tutorials in terms of you might have to plan an essay question. Yeah. You might have to answer up like a practice problem question in a style of like an exam question. And in those cases, you have to be detailed in your approach. And I feel like making these methods stick early in terms of textbook reading technique, yeah. summarizing notes, or like, com- like comprehensively con- condensing chapters, this will really make it easier for you further down the line when it comes to revision and, on- yeah. and answering work. 100%. No, that's a very good, yeah, it's true. You need to learn this early on, which is why we're quite putting a lot of emphasis on the fact that you just should experiment at the start. Find mm-hmm. what works for you. Because if you get it down at the start, it's just going to help you along the way. And that's where you can afford to do it. Because I'm sure for a lot of the unis, first year doesn't count. So if it really, really does go super wrong with your experimenting, you're still not completely yeah. messed up by it. But obviously we're not saying experiment for the whole year. Try and get it down in that first couple of months, first couple of weeks, and it's. I'm sure you will. It's not too bad. Mm. Um, and as we mentioned, along with textbook and article reading, which everyone's probably done by now, I don't think I know anyone who had read cases prior to law. It is a yeah. weird thing. It's a different thing. Something yeah, something unique, but it's a sticky one because you get you get put into it like here are the cases. Find the cases on, they'll give you the two sites, usually Westlaw is where I would always go, and you'd find the case and you'd read it. And a lot of the units would give you their own kind of structure, like find out what the ratio is, what the facts are, what did the claimant say, what did the defendant say, what was the outcome, what did the, were there any dissenting judges? You know, like they'd give you certain points to focus on and they'd be like, read the case judgment and go through this. Which at the start, like you said, the cases are a bit easier, they're a bit more interesting and they're a bit more, like I said, well, easier to do that. But as you go on and you start getting more textbook pages to read, another article, um, and you have like three, four, five cases, some maybe 60, 70 mm. pages, you just, uh, the time kind of goes like, and when you have tutorials building up, like you got one Monday, one Tuesday, one Wednesday, it's like, you don't have the time to read all that. And I think us two yeah. slowly, slowly started to, loads of people would frown upon this, but we slowly started to go to the websites and looking at the case law books only and just looking at the summaries. And I know a lot of people would frown on it, but I mean, I think it's worked for me. It's, it's that um, sort of, it's that debate you have to have with yourself of, have you got the time? Have you got the time to sit down and read 
three or four 60 page documents um mm-hmm. that you first gotta find and then you first gotta make sure because i i personally remember like this might be anecdotal here but I remember thinking I'd had the right case and then being halfway through reading a case and <laughs> no. I found out that it was the completely wrong case <laughs> under the same name, <laughs> under the same name, but I, I hadn't researched it properly in terms of finding the case and I realised mm. I wasted all that time. So in, no. those kind of, in those kind of situations, you've got to be careful and I feel like spending a lot of time on a case or it might even be the fact that you've got to answer questions for a tutorial and you're halfway through a case and you haven't answered... You personally think you haven't found the answers to any of the cases yet in which case you've wasted essentially wasted all that time because the tutorial work that you've got to do which is what the, the tutor's going to ask you questions of that stuff hasn't been completed because you've been reading from cover to cover it's about being the most efficient in the way that you actually do the work you can in our opinion i think go and research online find summaries a comprehensive list of different websites offering once you find that there's like a certain trend of what the answer is, what everyone yeah. thinks the main issues are, then you understand that, okay, this can't be wrong on several different fronts. There has to be a, a point of consensus where it's actually right. And then if you have the time, of course, you can go in depth and look at the cases. You can skim through, for example. Skimming through is so much faster than reading it word for word. And then you find that you maximise the amount of time that you have. Well, I actually do have to disagree with you on something here. You said that you'd waste your time if you just haven't answered the questions yet. But I kind of disagree. I think reading the cases is a useful thing to do if you have the time for it. I would never say that reading it is wasted unless you actually read the wrong case. Is a rude then you have wasted your time. <laughs> I don't know if reading the case you're supposed to read is an actual waste of time. Because I think sometimes, especially for the big landmark cases, and I notice this a lot with some of the big contract ones, some of the big law and state ones, the judges would often, especially, I know constitutional especially, the judges would often look at different scenarios, like what if this, what if this, and they'd go quite in depth on little things. And when they do stuff like that, it's interesting to read how they approach things. And that is super useful when you're especially answering a problem question that has little subtleties that you wouldn't appreciate unless you've read the judgment itself. Because once you read the judgment, the, case, the judge might have actually said something about your specific problem but as an obiter dicta, so not actually a part of the decision, but just part of a discussion, and that holds some weight in answering the question. Equally, mm. same with an essay question, if they've gone in depth on certain views, you can that can maybe trigger a view in you that you can use an essay question, or you can use them as a supporting argument. So I think it's never a waste, but you just have to appreciate yeah. the fact that you kind of need to prioritise your work. You kind of first need to focus on doing the textbook reading to understand the foundation of the topic do i understand this can i talk about it can i discuss it can i support my argument in a debate and then you need to look at the specific all right let me see this case all right let me maybe look at the case summaries and a case law textbook to get the general gist of it do i have time is this quite an important case yes let me actually try and read it how long is it if it's 20 pages or 15 or 30 do it because it will just it'll make it will make a difference and if you have the time and you can then you should. But equally, it's not detrimental to use the case summaries. Yeah, I feel like I should just like make a note of that. I'm not saying that it's a waste of time to solely read a case cover to cover. In the context of having tutorial work that you need to do, I would say that prioritise getting the yeah. work done. But remember that you can always save the cases if you have access to them 
and you could always come back to them in the like when you're revising for yeah. exams. Yeah, yeah, good, that's good what point. more of what I meant about saving that time to read the cases in depth once you have a knowledge of it after the tutorial and you know generally what happens in the case what the ratio is things like that you can then go on to specifically analyze what the judges were saying and then pick out the different arguments that they have and then you use that and remember plan essay do essay plans plan potential problem questions um, with other students and that gives you the opportunity then in the run-up to exam to really hone in and specialize on the type of revision that you do leading up to the exam and then you won't potentially be caught off guard in an exam by a little thing that the tutors have used or the lecturers or the examiners have yeah. done twisting the judgment of a case to, pre to present a potential problem question that if you hadn't have read the case at all you would struggle with yeah yeah i think that's a good way to leave to to leave that is that if you have the time with it do it but then also if you know it's quite a big pivotal case when you come to do your revision you should read it to get that that more in-depth kind of understanding but also another thing i want to mention with reading online case summaries do not plagiarize obviously like <laughs> learn like understand what they're saying and convert into your own words into your own brain but don't just use one site use a couple sites use a case law book which has a lot more authority than mm. A website so use the multiple things and try and gauge the general overview and if you just want to know the facts a lot of cases will do that in the beginning so you can still read the first couple pages just to get the facts of it um but yeah i think while we're talking about reading and note taking and should you read or cheat with a case summary if you will it's in i think we should mention textbook reading um we both like i said we made it into word documents and we used it like that but a lot of people would highlight or something like that. I think this is a good time to bring in the fact that we didn't buy a single book this year. Yeah, I feel like it's easy to get caught up, especially law. It's typical to associate law with buying a lot of textbooks, a lot of big textbooks, um, lots of pages. And I feel like we were reluctant essentially, um, initially to actually uh, to get the bundle that they were offering at the start of the year, for example, just because we knew we had like this wonderful library at Wills, which had all of these textbooks on hand and I, I don't think we suffered uh, because we didn't buy the textbooks. We had access to, all the, to enough of the textbooks for answering tu uh, tutorials. And luckily for us, when um, all the exams moved into sort of uh, exam re uh, replacement coursework and we had to do it from home because of the whole coronavirus situation, they gave us access to a lot of online textbooks for free, yeah. which was really useful because then we didn't have to worry about certain people having certain books um certain, certain of your flatmates for example or like your um classmates might have taken your book to study or to use for um for for the exams and you'd be stuck without one luckily we had access to them um so i wouldn't say that it, it it's very dependent on how you are in terms of how you learn if you're someone that needs to have a physical book in your hand needs to highlight needs to turn the page, needs to look at the way that, because textbooks are structured to maximize your learning just by reading them. They've got different boxes, they've got different colors that associate, that help your understanding. So if you are someone that prefers that, definitely look to um, using them, maybe look to buying them if you want to write, if that's your style. Or I'd say to save money really, which can be very expensive, especially for law, look at experimenting with, can you just take notes from it? Can you um, skim through the chapter and look at the keywords and then make a summary of that and then look at the questions at the back of the chapter and then reread the chapter based on that and you might retain some more. Do those experiments 
do that research and then you might find yourself saving a lot of money in the process. And just a quick mention, there's an introduction to law book they recommend. Some people bought it. It's two week <laughs> course. It's a unit. It's a two week unit. This specific to University of Bristol law students don't buy that intro to law book. You're going to do it for two weeks. You can find the information online. I'm telling you right now, someone else will buy it who you can borrow it off, hopefully, or it might be in the library. It's two weeks. It's pass fail. Don't buy that book. And as we're talking about books, I think it's important to mention why we didn't as well. Obviously, the money, but the fact that we had the, we had access to it in wills. And surprisingly, Israel and I, we went to the same college and we ended up in the same floor, the same flat in our accommodation. So he was down the hallway from, from me. So what we did is he kind of took out the bulk of the books and I took out one or two and we just kind of traded them. Like when I wanted a, the, the taught book, I'd be like, Israel, let me take the taught book. I wouldn't have to put shoes on, wouldn't have to put on a jacket, wouldn't have to leave the, my like my flat. I just walk down and he's there and I just grab what I need. I'd be like, yeah, let me grab a toy. If mm. you need anything, can just come back to my room. So it's easy for us to take out a lot of the books and just use them between each other. But if you don't know anyone in your course and you know you live maybe a further away or there's no one around you to kind of do that with and you can't take out this many books you might genuinely just have to buy some there was one book we never actually had access to that was criminal law but one of our good friends actually had it and we would borrow it off him a lot and he was very helpful to us and he again wasn't far away and he was very accommodating on the fact that we wanted to borrow it but if you don't have the access then you do need the textbooks i think we do need to emphasize the fact that Mm. the textbooks are pivotal especially for people like us where we found lectures weren't always the most most useful for us and I'm someone who likes reading and learning from that like even throughout college I'm a very independent learner in classrooms I kind of talk to my friends kind of yeah like 50% but when I'm at home and I've got my textbook and I've got my online stuff that's when I'm really making my notes which is why textbooks for me are so important so I think yeah. you do need the textbooks but I don't know if you need to buy them I think that's what I, I actually that's think, my um, just about textbooks is law students who are who were first years are going into their second year, for example, as, uh, at least for the um, the University of Bristol especially, we do completely different units in second year to that we do in first year. So if there are students who have bought the books, they will probably be looking to move them on to resell them. Yeah. So take that chance or that opportunity at the start of the year when a lot of students are going to advertise on group chats, Facebook groups, yeah, things like that. Yeah, it's a Facebook marketplace especially. And if there's another just quick thing. If you have Facebook, join the law, the University of Bristol law group, because there will be those, like you said, the opportunities to purchase books for a cheaper price, to mm. buy those law books, and you'd rather get that discount. I mean, why would you not? So utilize those opportunities. If you know you're going to purchase them, purchase them a bit quicker. Yeah, because they will go. Yeah, yeah, because we that's probably another, because we did actually try to buy some, I do remember, but just mm. there weren't any cheaper options, and we just couldn't be bothered, and we, we found a way to work around it. So And it worked out yeah. for us in the long run. So, yeah. I think... Um, I think we can wrap up tutorials there. I, I don't know if you wanted to mention anything more about it. No, I think that's a, that's a good, um, yeah. good discussion. I don't think there's anything else. I don't think. I think it's just, I think we should maybe just... Seminars and... Yeah, the only difference between tutorials and seminars is that a seminar is a bigger classroom where a, lecture, where a tutorial might be seven to eight. Seminars are just a general like high school, college classroom. They're a lot bigger in number. It's more of a teacher-student kind of vibe you know, they have a PowerPoint that they're going to present with. You're going to splinter off to little groups and make discussions. You're going to have bigger debates, bigger presentations. Tutorials more about an open discussion, a more, not one-to-one, but a more, like you say, close-knit kind of yeah, personal, talk. Yeah. yeah, 
Oh, and I just want to mention, like I said, tutorials were my favorite for teaching format. And that's primarily because it solidifies your knowledge the most. You will learn something, you'll get a foundation, you'll think you know something, but then you'll go to the tutorial, your tutor will question you. Some of your um, classmates will question your specific views and you have to support them. You'll have to back them up, you'll have to speak them out. And I think when you have to fight for your, not fight for your view, but really argue your point and argue your view and support that, that really distinguishes, oh, I know that, I, 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 I know it somewhat to, I have a strong understanding in it. And being in a tutorial really allows you to de develop that. And it also allows you to develop views for an essay while also utilizing your classmates and your tutor's knowledge to increase your own. And it's just the most useful thing. So if you do have tutorials, I'd say never miss them. They are so important and way more important than lectures. Yeah, I agree. It's sort of like, a, um, how would I describe it? It's like, almost like if you think of lectures and stuff as like, a revision like a revision session for example you're covering content things like that a tutorial is almost like you're returning after revision to your classroom to discuss the revision almost it's like yeah. you've just you've you've learned the content now let's discuss it and that discussion is purely because i feel like i remember a lot of the discussions i had in tutorials just because of the nature of me tutorial too. discussions and that really helped me remember those certain niche things that I didn't see in the textbook or that another student came up with and I thought that's a great idea. I don't know why I never thought of that. Or the, or the tutor yeah. corrected us on like a general view that we thought we had based on the textbook and the tutor said, actually, it's slightly different to real life because da 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 da. I feel like that's so important. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's that real. That's, what, that's one thing I actually realised straight away. My first contract tutorial, I went there, we were discussing things and any time you would say something, like if I'd be like, oh, um, this is an agreement. There, there, there's not an int intention to create legal relations between family members. He were like, and and what's the precedent? Like, where's the where's your authority, like, backup? Yeah. So, he, yeah, where's the authority? That's it. And it's like he that is what showed me that whenever you say anything in contract, you need an authority. And that's really my notes changed from there. It wasn't like me making points about this. This is how it is. This is how it is. It was, this is the point. This is the authority. Mm. And any time I make an art, like any time I. I like write anything now. I'd always find that authority for it, and it's like if I never went to the tutorials, I didn't pay attention to the tutorial, and I didn't engage. I wouldn't know that, mm. and not even that. He'd because mine was a barrister before. He'd really go into the specifics of this how it works in real life. This is how you can apply, it. and it's just a bit more of an insight. And it's really useful to use their experience and their knowledge to boost your general understanding. Yeah. So, and I think that that really I'm quite passionate about tutorials, and I really think that. They're only one hour long, and I think a lot of them could, should be a bit longer, maybe an hour and a half, because there's certain tutorials where we'd be kicked out of the room just because we have taken too long, like the next group wanted to come mm. in. It's just like, I think for some of them, where there's more discussion-based, where there's a lot more content to cover, they should have been a bit longer. But some we got done within the hour, nice and easy. Others would drag on. But I just think they should be a bit more flexible timing with that. Like Maybe the tutor should be able to choose like in advance, like, oh, maybe it could be an hour, maybe it could be an hour and a half, or maybe certain topics mm. should be given a greater allocation of time. A little extra thing just on tutorials is that I feel like another place where the merit of tutorials really comes through is it's a place where you can make mistakes that isn't your exam. So a lot of the time, the yeah. style of questions that you answer towards maybe like the, the further along you get is problem questions, is essay question plans. And what the big thing about the, the positive about that is you have the freedom to make a mistake and there's no real consequence as long as you do the work and you do the reading, you put in the effort, 
the place to make mistakes, the place to try different styles of uh, structures for essays, things like that, is in those tutorials. And then you have like yeah. an examiner's almost perspective of how they would assess that. And then you've got other students who might have different ways of doing their thing. And then you can take some of their ideas, you can share your ideas, and then you can all come together. And that way you, in a way, are not just relying on sort of your intuition or what other people have done in terms of like the popular structure of answering a question, you can find that little yeah. niche thing that might give you a little boost in the exam and might really bring your marks up. And well, I think it's just so important to engage them for all the reasons we've said now. But like even Einstein, I know he has a quote that goes something along the lines of, if you can't explain something simply, then you just don't know it well enough. And I think tutorials is really where that comes to show. If you can't talk about what you know about the unit or the topic and you can't make it sound simple and communicate mm. it properly you just don't know it well enough and that is a good time to find out because it will happen you'll think you know it you'll go to tutorial we'll be able to talk about some of them certain bits will be like uh, I, I just don't know like you might fluster you might not be able to say it properly and then you realize like oh i have a gap there and that is a good time for you to really like focus on that and revision make a note in your notes like oh go over this or put it yeah. in red or highlight it so really engage in tutorials and use them because they are the most helpful thing for me when it comes to learning in uni. Mm. Way more useful than lectures, in my opinion. Yeah, a consistent source of revision, really, rather than just leaving a revision just before an exam, for example. Yeah, it's that test. Or it's, yeah, like we said, we're, we both think it's a very useful thing. So, yeah, I think, I mean, as far as I'm aware, I think we can wrap, wrap it up here now, you know? Yeah, it's a good way to end the three formats. Um yes. If, yeah. if you guys have any questions just about like the little the little differences between the formats individually about yeah about, like maybe like seating like are you supposed to sit in the front row for example or is it better to sit at the back little things like that like just don't be afraid to ask like even the most ridiculous question because trust me we've probably considered it or asked it of ourselves or wished we'd known the answer when it came to that stuff so use this as an opportunity to ask us and we'll get back yeah. to yeah and that's just yeah that's our philosophy here it's like we're making this to help like you guys listening is to give you an insight you if you aren't law students or university students you've never been experienced to this it's kind of like this is just to help you bridge that gap this is to help you be a bit more comfortable and be a bit more feel prepared and just to give you that insight so you can prepare if now you know that oh i'm gonna have to print out a lot of these things if that's how i'm gonna do it maybe you can look into buying a printer i wouldn't advise anyone doing anything just yet like that go to uni and test out the methods and then you know you can use this to help you prepare. Mm. Um, and also I just wanted to mention, oh, here's what I wanted to mention. I will leave a bit of the timetable that I had in the comments, in the description. Um, it's not the like official format of it because the Bristol Uni took it down during lockdown, yeah. but I do have it on my own little timetable. So I'll put it up so you guys can get an idea of what it looks like and how many tutorials we'll have in a week, how many lectures in a week and when, because it's just nice to know that. So, um, mm. That'll be in the description. And yeah, just I, I guess we want to say thank you for listening. We really hope this was helpful and a good insight. And make sure you experiment with what learning works best for you. Yeah. And yeah. If you guys uh, enjoyed we'll what we had to say, if you, got, if you guys found anything useful, really, um, a way to help us or a way to like sort of give back to us to say thanks is just to leave us a like, leave us a rating yeah. um, on any of our sites. And a big thing is to just um, just to keep watching. And we hope that we can keep helping you guys as more episodes roll along and leave a like if you like and if you don't just please tell us why yeah. constructive criticism is always welcome 
we want to know what we can do to better this podcast to help you because that is our central purpose here so anything you guys want help with or want us to go into more detail of leave a comment we will get to it we're not doing anything else right now anyway so yeah um see you in the next one oh right. quickly next one will be about expectations versus reality at the university of bristol what it's actually like versus what they say it's like and our general views and opinion on what we think university of bristol is like yeah. so stay tuned for that one and yeah we'll see you in episode four see you guys Bye.